0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Thanks for joining us on this episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. My name, of course, is still Paul Mada. Today, I have Jenny Brown. She is strategy manager, sales quality coach, coming to us from Tell Us Business in the Six. Jenny, how are things?
1: I'm good. Thank you for having me. I'm doing very good. Thank you.
0: I appreciate you being here. Do me a favor. Say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then we're going to dive into it.
1: Sounds great. Well, hello, everybody. Uh, Thanks for joining. Uh, My name is Jenny Brown, as Paul has mentioned. So I, uh, you know, super passionate about sales and enabling salespeople. So that's where my role fits in sales uh, quality coach and uh, endeavor to ensure that everybody gets what they need to be able to make make money, have some fun.
0: (laughs) I love it. Cat lover. As well, yes?
1: Yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's my uh, ragdoll cat. He's tons of fun. So he'll hop in and out, I'm sure, many times within the video. We'll see how he acts. <laughs> well, he
0: is more than welcome. Awesome. He is more than Well, Jenny, thanks again for being here. You know, you, you're comfortable or you're familiar with the foundation of the podcast, Your Intention Matters, and it's completely built off of my foundation that nothing is given to any of us. And most of us in the world of sales and sales leadership and facilitation and L&D, Never thought we'd even get into this arena, and yet here we are, by the millions, carrying a bag and trying to carve it out. And I'm looking forward to you sharing your story. you Ready to go?
1: Ready to go. All right, here ready, we go. Now, listen. Go. I
0: don't have a DeLorean on me, but we go back in time on this podcast. All right, so let's go back early 2000s, circa 2003, Saint Lawrence College. I see here an associate's degree in biotechnology. Mm-hmm. All right. Now listen. I don't see sales, sales training <laughs> facilitation anywhere there. Talk to me when you were, you know, finishing your, your schooling, so to speak, were you like most of us and didn't really know what you really wanted to do? Or did, that's pretty specific biotechnology. Did you have a plan around what you thought you'd be doing?
1: So I love this question. And it's interesting because you started off just a moment ago saying, you know, we never thought we'd be where we thought we, you know, where we are today. And sales is definitely one of them. Going back to the 2000s, sales wasn't type, the type of career you would start in. But mm. for me, when I went back, when I we go back to my biotech days, um, really it was, I knew what I was good at. I was really good at the math. I was really good at sciences. And I thought, you know what, that's where I, I you know, strive academically I also had the gift of gab but that wasn't an academic career choice to go into at that time so there. for me i just went into you know what i'm going to go into the math the sciences the excitement i love the sciences and so that's what drove me to kind of move into biotech but as you can see through uh further years it didn't stick kind of and i'll explain Well, what more. happened
0: did you get into it at all or what was, what happened it did you did.
1: So actually, yeah, once I finished my you know, my college degree, I went into, I um, actually ended up living in Ottawa for a period of time. I worked at the Canadian Food Inspection Agency for a little bit. Um, I worked at another organization that was a, it was called the International Center for Metabolic Testing. Super cool, you think of like going back to like, if you're into CSI, you'd see um, different types of like, you know, when they're, when they're utilizing like the centrifuge, if you know what that means, yeah. but all that cool lab tech stuff. As cool as it is, and I'm sorry to anybody that's listening that loves that sh- those shows, is that it actually is not does not happen within like five minutes. It's about a, a, a week process to get any of those results.
0: What? Really? Uh, yeah,
1: yeah, sorry. <laughs> I have some secrets to tell. Um, uh, but the truth of it it was is that it was fun, it was cool, but it was really boring for me. <laughs> mm. And I realized it was just like you know, when you think about the cool stuff is when things go wrong. And so when you think of like the Canadian food inspection agency, things don't really go wrong within our food. It's very rare. So to see the cool things happen, it was just like, yep, things are great. Things are great. And so it would kind of, for me, it was the point where I recognized it's not for me. (laughs) So
0: how long did you give it?
1: uh, Oh dear good question because now we're going back oh it was a few years um but then shortly after and it was funny this is kind of when I got into the health and wellness is I still got to utilize my education when I moved into my health and wellness career because anything that had to do with you know biology or understanding how the body works or understanding um you know how our bodies uh intake nutrients, things like that. I was already learning about that in biotech. So when I moved that into the health, health and wellness industry and actually was introduced into sales, I did get to merge the two. And that's actually where I got my most successful um, you know that, that's where my career progressed if that so you know, where'd
0: you go? Where'd you so like I actually
1: ended up going into uh, health and wellness so I went into the weight loss industry. I worked for LA weight loss for a good period of time. And oh, I had fun! It was fantastic. I understood the world of were, uh, sorry, the world of sales, mm-hmm. but also just the understanding of uh, people, and um, really just the excitement behind helping people change their lives for what they truly wanted. And it was great because I had a knack for diving into people's needs, and you know, we called it a hot button, which is also you know can be used in sales in many different ways, but it was, yeah. can you truly find what makes people tick and make uh, an organization, for example, tick to what they need to be, to be, to get to their goals and get successful. So I got to use that.
0: And how long were you with LA weight loss?
1: Oh, I was there Well, I was in the, the whole weight loss industry, cause I ended up switching to another health and wellness organization as well. So the whole uh, industry was about 12, 13 years, I believe. Wow. Oh yeah. Yeah. That was, uh, that was fun. I went into sales and then I was in sales management, and then I ended up running a third of the country uh, with a portion of it. And uh, I had 56 stores, six area managers. At one point I had a blast. Um, and it was really neat to just uh, get an understanding of, of, of how that industry worked. And that's what po- propelled me deeply into the sales uh, type of organization.
0: Were you still Ottawa based at this point?
1: No, so I'm a, a bit of a nomad and <laughs> I grew up in a, in a military family and I love to share that because that that just showcases where I love to take opportunities and go wherever I needed to go. So I worked in Ottawa, I worked in Kingston, I worked in London, I worked in Windsor. And so I, when I said I was, you know, kind of responsible for the third of the country, that was m- my area was majority of Ontario. So I was in Ottawa. Some, I had a couple of stores in Quebec when I was at LA Weight Loss for a period of time. So uh, it allowed me to do quite a bit of traveling and and exciting opportunities to meet and uh, help develop others in their sales. So uh, what,
0: what was the next industry for you when you decided to leave health and wellness?
1: Uh, that was really then I decided to move back into, uh, I was trying to kind of marry the two again and go back into um, I went into like an environmental science role mixed with sales and I dabbled in it for just a short period of time and I don't even think it's on my LinkedIn profile which is totally fine. I went there for a short stint and realized "Uh, still Mm. this just wasn't for me um, because it was very stagnant. Uh, I just didn't find that particular organization worked well for me which is totally fine and so I decided to move into tech. And it was an interesting uh, change for me, because at first, when I was interviewed for a couple of roles, folks were like, why do you want to get into tech? This is not you. And I was like, I love change. Mm. I love development. I love growth. And what better yet to get into an industry like technology when it comes to that. But I also still loved sales. because uh, I Who gave the you energy. your
0: first shot in technology?
1: Uh, actually, it was my it's my coworker, the the individual that I work with today, Amanda Anderson. Uh, she actually reached out because she was already at the organization. She's like, "Hey, Jenny, you would love this. You should come." And I thought, "You sure? I, I I don't know. I don't know if I have it quite yet." And it was with Soft Choice, and uh, I had a great time. I actually uh, ended up spending about three years there facilitating. Oh, gee, about. 20 to 30 new hires a month would come into the organization. I was responsible to onboard them and it was amazing. Had an opportunity to help support and develop salespeople all over North America. And uh, yeah, that was, I missed that place. (laughs) You know, (laughs) was
0: that your first um, opportunity to be a, I guess, technically speaking, like a professional sales trainer facilitator?
1: Yes. Yeah. Cause I was in the sales role. I sold right. predominantly or sales management. That was, uh, I did a lot of sales training in, um, in the health and wellness industry as well. Uh, but then when I moved into sales management, I kind of, you know, wore both hats, but when it came to technology, that's when I ended up being more in the training, facilitating and enablement side of things.
0: You know, I can appreciate your, your, your comments regarding the, the joy that you had w- with that role. When I was, uh, my first opportunity to be a sales trainer, you know, facilitator was with Xerox and I, I was, I was teaching their new hire curriculum and it was, it was the most fun job I I ever had. And even, even to this day, what I do for a living now, I love it. I'm in training. I love it. But, but, but as an employee for an organization, you know, And I think about my 10 years at Xerox or so, it was probably the lowest paying job I had of, of my 10 years there, but it was, <laughs> yeah. it was the best job that I ever had. It was the most fun. I got to travel, I got to meet people, and I got to impact them. And when you're in the room, like there's just no substitutes. So did you take to facilitating right away, or was there a bit of a, a hurdle for you to figure it out? Nope.
1: I loved it. I yeah. think, yeah, that was, as I could say, it that, that was my jam. <laughs> mm. um, and I think, you know, when I look back to, uh, you know, what does it take to be a good facilitator? It's selling yourself. And I think of that back to my sales career. And I always wonder, okay, am I going to, when, when am I going back into sales? Not if, it's more when, because I know that's, you know, that's definitely for me. But when I think of the facilitation side of things, it was, you know, there was content, especially going into technology, like, I didn't have a lot of expertise uh, behind my belt, right? And so, but I thought, you know what? I got to make it, fake it till I make it. So they say, and they, you know, um, and I did, but I found out ways to do so, which is, mm. you know, and this is what I train all of the salespeople on a regular basis. If you don't know the answer, say, I don't know and get the answer, you know? So that's what I got to do in facilitation as well. Find the expert subject matter experts, learn my information as best as I possibly could and then sell it to, to my audience, but sell it to my audience based on the way that they wanted to be sold to. And that was kind of the way that I learned real quick is know who's in front of me, know exactly what they need to be successful and make it happen.
0: So what happened when you left? Was it your choice or was it theirs?
1: Yeah, no, it was my choice. And again, it was more of a pay thing.
0: (laughs) Was it? Okay. Uh,
1: Yeah. So I knew there was an opportunity for me to further develop myself and, um, you know, it, it was tough. It was a really, really tough decision uh, because it's, it was such a great organization. I had such a blast, but I knew it was a career opportunity that I had to take for myself. And, you know, it was coming with, okay, I want a little bit of a bigger place. I want to make sure that, you know, my family's provided for, and, you know, there's more places I want to go see in the world. There's maybe some more traveling I'd like to do. So it was that time in my life that I knew it was the next step. And so I took it. I took the next step and, uh, and yeah.
0: So where did you land?
1: So actually I ended up going over to, uh, Venna, uh, initially, which also was fantastic. Now, Venna across
0: the street, right?
1: Right across. Apparently I like to stay in the neighborhood because shortly after (laughs) I ended up working at achievers, all three of them are in a All three Liberty Village. You can walk there. Yeah, exactly. Well, that was the funny part. I would say, guys, I'll see you later. Like I'll see you in five minutes. really.
0: Let's, let's so grab I was lunch.
1: able to keep like all sorts of colleagues and I still had lunches with friends, but it got, it was wonderful. Yeah. And it was such a great opportunity to stay in that neighborhood. And also, you know, a lot of people in the neighborhood had hopped between the three, because that's, that's the world of tech, right? People hop and jump. Um, and then, you know, actually Venna was growing, uh, fantastically, but another opportunity that came up for me that I decided to take and why I left Venna. So Venna's is a fine FinTech, right? And, uh, also a great organization and great people. But for me, uh, it was an opportunity to work for an organization at Achievers that was recognition software. And that suited my personality. Uh, So I ended up actually taking that because FinTech wasn't as appealing for me personally at the time. (laughs) Um, And it was, again, I've got to be able to sell the information because I was in enablement as well. So I need to sell the information that I'm passionate about. And when it came to recognition software and understanding you know, I always look at salespeople, they like one or two things. They like money or recognition or both. And, you know, what better position would have been for me to get into?
0: You know, when you think about your enablement runs at Soft Choice, Vena, and Achievers, and Achievers used to be, I love rewards, if I remember correctly, right? Yes. I think that's yes. what they were called. You got and it. And so in those roles within the various companies, did you have a chance to create your own content or or were you certified to teach uh, other content?
1: Actually, great question. So both. both. Uh, so I was uh, thanks. So thankfully, I was actually challenger certified with uh, soft choice. And the challenger methodology just was so impactful for me for my career, because what I recognized immediately for anybody that's listening right now that doesn't understand challenger, just think of it for, you know, why someone should change what they're doing, why they should do it now, and why they should choose us to do it for to support them through it. But what I really, uh, what, what really resonated with me was that actually had a lot to do similarly with the health and wellness industry. Because how we sold at the health, health and wellness industry was based on building rapport, finding the, uh, and I'm bringing you into the kind of like the valley of despair, find out the yeah. why, what is the impact? And we call that their hot button to determine exactly what people needed to change and then hold their hand and take them to, you know, where, it, where the success will, will look like together. And so when I was able to take on that content, that was fantastic. So I was like, that makes sense to me. I've been doing this for years. And it had the human element approach that I always knew quite well working in the health and wellness industry with people. But businesses are no different. People-to-people interactions are still there. A little bit different because obviously a business is much larger and their their, you know, their hot button, if you will, is going to be way different. It could be at a, a much larger capacity and more people involved. But so I, I spent a lot of time getting to know that. Then on the flip side, as soon as it came to what is going to work for individuals to be successful, I got to put on my creative hat. I got to input things that I thought were going to impact people in front of me. So I supported in the creation of playbooks, both at Softchoice and at Achievers, uh, which was really, really fun. Um, nice. I'm, not, I'm not the writer. I would say that I always thought I, I thought I would be. That was never my, my thoughts so of where I would go, but I actually really enjoyed it. Um, and I got to develop some pretty cool presentations. And actually, just recently with TELUS, I got to put together a uh, workshop for all of their sales leadership for Ontario. And it was a two day workshop that I also got to be a part of. And I got to involve some uh, creativity with content, of course, that's provided by the organization. Um, but I get to definitely bring in some creativity to help make sure that the information people are receiving sticks.
0: And wh- when did you join Achievers?
1: Uh, that was about a year and a half ago, two years ago, two years ago.
0: So early 2020.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: All right. <laughs> All right. Time. Let's talk about this. then. so early 2020 <laughs> and then Q1, end of Q1 2020, the world shuts down. So you're in this enablement role. Yeah. And so how did you, how, how did you pivot from what I assume was probably an expectation you're going to be doing in person like training sessions and meetings and like in the yeah. office and then the world shuts down and everybody goes remote. And so how did you navigate that when you're still pretty new to the organization?
1: Yeah. So interestingly enough, uh, because it was enablement and I support it global. It actually was a little bit easier for me personally Stressful oh. at home. Don't, don't get me wrong there. Sure. <laughs> there was definitely that. For anyone listening, I'm not making it sound easy. <laughs> but for me, because it was global, it gave me some flexibility at times. And what I mean by that is, is I was supporting both uh, the UK and Australia. And so if I needed to do calls and I needed to switch my schedule around, it was, that was actually a little bit easier. So that was kind of helpful. However, let's be realistic. What did I do initially? I overworked. I worked way too much, mm. uh, you know, to the point of I was almost burnt out. So that's something I, I you know, comfortably want to make sure I do share. Um, but uh, it was a big shift. It was definitely a big shift. But to be really honest, as a facilitator, one of the most interesting things for me is that I have computer screens in front of me. So instead of Jenny having to be in front of the audience and make sure that everybody I have all of my notes, everything is in front of my face. What I didn't find as helpful though is people had the option to turn their cameras off yeah. and the reason I struggle with that as a facilitator is that I am really uh, like to watch body language. I like to watch where are your eyes looking um, you know are you looking out the window at squirrels okay do I need to bring you back to help make sure that you're able to retain information? And I can respect where all of our salespeople are at specifically today with that. You have to find new ways to entice people, new insights you have to provide to ensure that you can capture that audience. So, you know, there's a lot of tricks that I I learned. A lot of times you have to make sure you're asking a ton of questions to pull your audience in and online more than ever, more than ever.
0: So did Telus find you or did you find them?
1: Uh, I would say a little bit of, both. okay uh so of course as always i've got peers within the organization that said hey jenny you should take a look at this and i thought yeah okay i'll have a couple of conversations and i did end up having some calls i, I met up with that or i had a phone call with a sales rep in bc uh, i had one of the uh, call with the director of our, our premier sales organization had a great chat And a couple of other colleagues that I used to work with years ago are also at TELUS. So it was one of those things where it's like, what is the opportunity? What does it look like? And what kind of got me really jazzed about it was the coaching element. So I've always had a passion for coaching and developing people um, I, you know, and sales. So I would say that kind of blended together to me. And uh, that that's in particular what this role is all about. How can I can co- coach and develop now less on the rep side, but more on the leadership side to help develop these people to best develop their people? And so it was, uh, you know, it was kind of like a no brainer to hop into that, but I'll be honest, sometimes as my, you know, my daughter actually uh, that I have, she's 11 and she's starting to become older. I've got a little teenager on my hands. <laughs> I'm starting to notice that Jenny's got a little bit more freedom. So I'm thinking what's next as far as amping up my skills, what other educational sides do I want to look at? And what are the opportunities that I might be uh, you know looking at for my future? Not sure what that means yet. Could be a five-year plan, but uh, definitely excited to, to see where that, that uh, lands.
0: Was there any resistance to get back into technology sales at all?
1: Uh, for when I for no, tell us, no, oh, for te- no. Well, the thing is, I guess it's interesting because when I think about, you know, achievers as well as Venna, it's still like, that's SAS. Uh, so it's all software. Right. But not necessarily, I think, you know, it's interesting when I think about sales as a whole, and I even go back to my health and wellness, um, I still am me. And so, what I mean by that is, is, that the product will always be there. It's just get to know the information that you need to know. But more importantly, was for me, it was getting to know the people, build the relationships, determine exactly what's making people tick, uh, regardless of what it is that the product is. is. I mean, you sh- you should know a little bit to make sure that obviously, uh, you know, you can you can uh, entice people to the right information that they need. But what makes them tick, and one of the hardest things you have to do today, is You need to know more about people than they know about themselves yeah and that's what i like to spend my time doing and you know and that's in sales in training in coaching is diving in asking you know difficult questions doing your research doing your research for other individuals around you know either for me tell us the organization or the industry uh, but it's a lot. It's a lot to work on, but it's the passion. Uh, I think I already have. So it's, I want to know more. What else can I do? Where else can I go? And, you know, how can I help?
0: Jenny, what a great run. I mean, you, military background, math and science, uh, biotechnology, you, you bounce around Southern Ontario with great runs, Ottawa, Kitchener, Waterloo, Windsor, London, now in Toronto, sales, sales enablement, health and wellness technology sales. And, and I I loved your conversation about your passion for enablement and facilitations, because that's like right in my wheelhouse and congrats on everything so far. You're a mom, cat owner. I love it. It's amazing.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Hey, you know what I always, um, you know, one of my favorite lines uh, and I share this with every time I facilitate I probably say it is get comfortable with being uncomfortable And it's interesting because I, you know, I think back to when I was, uh, you know, younger and I was like, people like, do you like public speaking? And no, I hated public speaking when I was young. But I remember there was always a reward at the end. And that reward was either, you know, a compliment or uh, an opportunity, whatever it was. So when anytime anybody gives me an opportunity inside, I might be saying, absolutely not. Or I'm fighting inside, (laughs) but I'll always put my hand up first and say, pick me. And I hop in. And that line meant so much to me because that's exactly what it is. If I can get comfortable with being uncomfortable, I will always continue to grow uh, and be successful. And I would say no matter what's happened, I'm successful. And that's because I choose to be in whatever way I'm learning or growing or developing. So, yeah.
0: Jenny, I love it. Thanks so much for being here. I appreciate it.
1: Thanks so much for having me.
0: You bet. All right, everybody, we're going to wrap it up right now. Remember, Your intention matters. Why? Because I promise you, that's the result you'll tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. Let's go Leaks.